Welcome to the Florida Madcaps, your ultimate guide to experiencing fantastic and unique destinations across our magnificent state. Join us while we lead you on a journey of exploration, recreation, and conservation. The popularity of Florida's natural wonders is on the rise, and our mission is to be your go-to source for conscientious recreation. We encourage you to get out and explore these breathtaking sites and to leave them even better than you found them through individual actions and group advocacy. Join the Florida Madcaps as we discover the beauty of our incredible state together. Hey everybody, welcome to the Florida Madcaps podcast. It's me, Ryan, a.k.a. the Florida Excursionist, and I'm here with the Sunshine State Seekers, the Florida famous Sunshine State Seekers, Chris and Chelsea, Chelsea and Chris. Howdy. Hello. <laughs> uh, brimming with enthusiasm as usual. <laughs> so this is a very interesting episode, one that I will definitely be learning something from, and I'm pretty excited about this topic. But we're going to be talking about outdoor recreation in Florida while you're pregnant. And yes. And this is, a, I want to say, because oftentimes we reach out to people asking for ideas on what they want to hear about. And this was a request from Misty, uh, who also runs a very wonderful podcast called The Orange Blaze. Oh, yes. I do enjoy that podcast. We're going to have to have her interviewed soon. Yes. Uh, and if you haven't checked it out, we've uh, been on her podcast and we'll share that with you guys as well. See, Chelsea, you are what? Eight, eight months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, eight months pregnant. And we've done some recreating over the last, what, five, six together? Oh, yeah. More than yeah. that. Yeah, almost the entire time. So it's definitely been a journey. And I'll say that just for me, uh, hiking and recreating with her, you're a trooper. <laughs> I'm always impressed with you. But uh, Leah, let's talk about some of these things that that we can t that need to be taken into consideration. So before we start this episode, I just want to warn anybody: we I will be dis discussing a loss. So if that's something you are not wanting to hear about, uh, just know that now, and you might want to just skip on to the next episode. Or if pregnancy is not your thing, because that's not everyone's thing <laughs> so it's a little niche it's going to be a more niche episode mm -hmm. uh so just wanted to go into that uh but a lot of this is going to be about you and your own comfort and what you're comfortable with and figuring out who to listen to and uh because when you're pregnant you get a lot of unsolicited advice and some of it it comes from a good place but also comes without proper knowledge and knowing uh, what's good for you um, I will start off with the timing. Um, so for, for me, I stay active my whole pregnancy. A, a, a word of advice I've heard from doctors is don't start something new. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't running five miles a day mm -hmm. prior to being pregnant, don't all of a sudden start running five miles a day. Okay. If that's something you've always been doing, continue doing it until you can't anymore, until something happens or until... If you have a reason or if you just don't feel like it, mm -hmm. uh, but listen to your own body. Um, I did have a loss a few years ago, really early on. So I would advise anybody who finds out they're pregnant and it's within six, 12 weeks, maybe don't go too far out uh, into the wilderness. I had an ectopic miscarriage. It was very quick. Uh, I had a cramp and then I would say, Maybe six hours, maybe less. Four hours later, I, I was in the emergency room being put under. Uh, 
And it would have not been a good thing to happen, say, at Toria, wow. where we were in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Well, we were extremely lucky with the timing of this. Yes. As far as that goes. Because was, less than a week before we joined our local chapter, the Florida Trail, on an overnight trip from uh, Juniper Juniper Springs. Or we went to Alexander. I can't remember the exact uh, before and after, but we camped at Alexander overnight, and it was a good almost 20-mile overnight trip. Yes. And that was a couple of days after she tested uh, positive for the, yeah, the pregnancy. So, so we knew, and it was very early on, but it was less than a week after that, and we wouldn't have wanted to be out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So with the experience I have now, I probably would have, well, I definitely would have uh, canceled that overnight uh, hiking trip just because I know how fast those things can happen. Now, that's something that that risk kind of uh, of an ectopic miscarriage goes away uh, after a short period of time because you realize where your baby is and if it's safe and if it has room to grow and if it's life-threatening. Now, there are other things that could happen. You have to talk to your doctor and listen to your own body and uh, consider if that's something you want to still do. Um, but that would take me into our our multi-day adventure at uh, Toria State Park. Yes, last April. Yeah. Now, uh, Chris and I, when we first did it, we did the whole, what is it, like 17 miles, um, give or take. Uh, and we, we back. We stayed overnight. Pa- we stayed overnight. Uh, and we were at the primitive sites. Uh, but when we were going this time, and a lot of um, the people in our group also don't have backpacking equipment. So we decided we were going to stay at the cabin and use it as a home base. So we did. Uh, like day hikes while we were there, but ex- we did the entire trail, but in day hike sections where we were able to come back to the cabin where we had access to our car and the ranger station were, was there and everything like that. And another good thing about that park is there are multiple places, depending on what loop you're on, where you can get back to the trail or to the um, more civilized areas pretty quickly. The uh, exception being the Toria the challenge, challenge the Toria challenge loop, which we did uh, and that we did that the second day. That was more so I could like see how I was feeling. My plans are I was definitely doing the first day. And if I was feeling up for it, I would do the second day and I was feeling great. So uh, I think I think <laughs> I think maybe some people in our group were hoping I would bow out so they could be like, oh, I'm just going to stay here with her. You guys go ahead because <laughs> it is a it is a strenuous hike. But I, I absolutely love that hike. When we saw the pregnant lady gearing up for the second day. They're like, <laughs> ah, crap, I guess I got to go. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I really enjoyed that hike. And I had a lot of allergies from just the pollen in the air. So Chelsea was, I was like, man, if Chelsea can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and uh, it was normal hike. We took a lot of uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich breaks. I wouldn't say a lot, but some. I would say the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches early on in my pregnancy were the key to whether I was going to have a good time or if I was going to make everybody else not have a good time. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I would get hangry. <laughs> recreating with Chris and Chelsea and Chelsea during this pregnancy, a few times she's given the countdown. Like, I'm hungry now, but in about 30 minutes, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> Oh, she's been giving me that countdown way before Tori was around. Oh, really? Man, I was like, let's let's find a barbecue place or something. Yeah. It's usually I'm the cue when when I'm hungry, 
Uh, she's like, I'm not yet, but if you're getting hungry, we better get something because I'm going to be yeah, angry, hungry. And- I've noticed uh, our our like we're like synchronized as a couple to where I always start feeling hungry 15 minutes after he says he's hungry. Uh, but then I get to the point where I'm not happy a lot quicker than he does. Uh. <laughs> so he'll say he's hungry. I'm like, well, I'm fine. And then I'll be like, you know what? No. Uh, you're hungry now. I'm going to be hungry by the time food's in front of us. Uh, so let's just go ahead, <laughs> ahead and eat something. Uh, but going back to pregnancy, and uh, like I said, bring yeah, bring bring your peanut butter and jellies. Bring lots of snacks. Uh, bring lots of water. Um, in talks with my doctor because I was concerned about being overheated, and uh, you know, just asking my doctor what I should be concerned about now this is my third pregnancy so it's not like i wasn't experienced but with my other two children i was not adventuring like i am today so Mm. it was somewhat new to me um things you have to worry about from what my doctor said is mostly hydration Mm. so he said drink 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 do not get dehydrated at all apparently getting dehydrated can um cause contractions to start which is uh, not something you want to do um until your baby's done cooking. So, <laughs> so I've been, I, I'm always, uh, I am always one to stay overhydrated anyways. I like water. I like being able to drink as much water as I want to. I don't want to ration my water. <laughs> I, I, uh, they say you pack your fears. I would much rather pack, uh, two more liters of water than, uh, like some kind of self-defense, um, because that's my fear is running is being thirsty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like water. Turtles like water. Yeah, turtles like water. <laughs> not go for tortoises. Don't make them. Sweat. No, not tortoises. <laughs> Do you like turtles too? Or box turtles, right? <laughs> box turtles. They don't. That's the other one. That's a terrestrial turtle that you should never bring to yep. water. But that was a nice little segue. <laughs> yes, and, you know, Florida can be very unforgiving when the heat is high, which can almost happen any time of year depending on where you're at in Florida. So it's always good to have hydration. Um, Another thing to be concerned about is our insects. Um, I know the year I met Chris, I think the year before we met was when the Zika outbreak had happened, um, which if you look into it, definitely affects pregnancy. Um, So knowing what is going around malaria and Zika and whatever, uh, you might want to decide to not do or to like prep a little bit more with uh, your clothing. I'm typically one that covers up with clothes and treats my clothing. So I wasn't really too concerned about chemicals on my skin and what it might do to my baby because again, I was treating it on my clothes mostly. Um, But we did do some research. Apparently DEET has been highly researched and isn't really a threat. Uh, Yeah. It's like 80 something years of research on DEET. That yeah. uh, it's not necessarily good for you, but kind of like uh, kind of like bleach. We we've <laughs> been coexisting with with chlorine for a long time, so we know that its detrimental effects aren't aren't huge. Yeah. So D is depending one on of how you use it. Now, I I typically do not like DEET on my skin, but again, this is a protection for your baby. If it's mild uh, discomfort, then it's worth it. So some of the newer ones, like like picaridin, if I'm saying it right, um, it does get absorbed in the skin. And they do. I love picaridin and, and because you can use it as a lotion to keep um, chiggers mm-hmm. and mosquitoes and all kinds of stuff off. But they, they do have quite a few warnings when you look at the label. 
And and one of the biggest ones is to to wash it off within 12 or 24 hours or something like that because it does get absorbed in the skin. So these are all things to consider, all things to look at. Yeah, and I did talk to my doctor also about ticks. Now, I I don't know about everyone else's experience. I actually want to have a whole episode on ticks in Florida and what to do if you get bit. Unfortunately, it seems like our healthcare system is not very well versed uh, in tick safety in Florida. Uh, most of the times when I talk to a doctor about ticks in Florida, they tell me there aren't any uh, deer ticks in Florida, which <laughs> if you have explored... Um, you know that there are, there are deer ticks, lone star ticks. There's a variety dog ticks. Is that a different or is that a common name? I think it's a common name uh, for the same. I'm not sure. There's like an acronym for them or something. But yeah, there's, there's quite a few ticks in Florida and there's quite a few diseases you can get from them. Lyme's disease being one. And then there's another disease I can never, it's not really a disease. It's a protein sensitivity that you can get to where it makes you allergic to Magmalian meat, which is uh, anything that produces milk. So there's a slew of bacterial infections yeah I, i'm pretty sure actually when we went to manatee springs not too long ago i had my first because i've been bitten by ticks hundreds of times and you want to try to prevent it as much as you can but when you do get one i came back from manatee springs and within a day i had this huge swelling all over my belly around the right around the tick bite I ended up taking the um the antibiotics that they give you if you if you might have limes so so it covers yeah. it covers a lot of um bacterial diseases and here's another thing about your doctors maybe giving uh, conflicting information. So my my doctor, uh, my primary care physician said, if you're pregnant, you don't want to take anything. So don't risk it. Don't go out there because you can't take anything if, if you were to get bit by a tick. Now, my obstetrician had something different to say. Oh, there are things you can do. You know, now I didn't ever, I never really, we check all the time. So if you are hiking and you're pregnant, just stop and check your body all the time. Check your ankles, check your waistline um, and any kind of like your armpits, like, so they like creases. <laughs> mm -hmm. So check often um, and maybe try to talk to your doctor prior to going out and gauge what you feel that their knowledge of uh insects is and maybe you might want to seek a second opinion as well we talk about springs a lot and and i think there's there's some things that i didn't know about that that are considerations that you should have if you're pregnant and you want to enjoy the springs yeah um one being and that's we went to manatee springs and let me tell you what the springs are amazing to be pregnant <laughs> In the summertime in yeah. Florida, when you're pregnant, you are hot. Mm -hmm. In the wintertime when you're pregnant, you are hot. Yeah. <laughs> so jumping into that spring water, it is absolutely amazing. And this is where you'll get a lot of unsolicited advice of people saying, that water is too cold. You can't go in there. It's going to hurt your baby. Um, true, not true. So the water is cold. If you get cold and you're experiencing any kind of hypothermia, that could harm your baby. Mm -hmm. If you're out there swimming and you feel good, your baby feels good. But th that being said, I personally erred on the side of caution. You should limit it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not going to stay submerged for like all day long like I would uh, sometimes. Um, another thing you got to worry about is bacteria in the water. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a wild environment. Uh, so you could get something through the water. A lot of these parks in the summertime close down because of uh, bacteria yes. um, from humans and all kinds of other nasty, wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but it, the swimming, it, it was absolutely lovely. It's a nice way to cool off in the, in the Florida heat. You just want to pay attention to yourself and, uh, your body. Um, were there anything you can say as someone with me while we were there at the Springs of your experiences with me being pregnant? <laughs> well, I was going to go forward a little bit and talking, there was, there was sort of a, a, a brick wall that, that we hit. And I, and I think, uh, so we went down to this really awesome trail, Estero, um, scrub state park. And we, we walked a bunch out there and somewhere, where was it? Um, was it ballpoint? I don't remember. I don't know where you're going. But but there was there was one point where we went on a hike, and then the next day it was too much. And then oh. ever since then, it's is we've kind of kept it to to shorter hikes. Yeah. So again, it's sort of say listening to your body because there are some people out there, uh, maybe people who do long distance hiking all the time, that they just go miles and miles throughout their whole pregnancy. And certain people carry different. If you've seen my pictures, I am large and in charge. <laughs> my belly is straight out, uh, and uh, I had a ab- I had an abdominal separation with my first pregnancy, so it separates every single time. After that, so I show really quick, really early, and uh, and I think maybe I am my belly's a little heavier than other people's might be, so it I get a lot of pain uh, in my in my bones. <laughs> oh really? So every now and then, uh, especially recently, being eight months pregnant, uh, I'd say in July was the last time I did uh, three plus miles, and we're in early August now, and I would cap it at two. Uh, for, for my comfort. Now, during the hike, I'm fine. It's the next day. The next day, I'm uh, not feeling good. Getting up is hard. Uh, there's a lot of nerve pain in my hips and stuff like that right now. So it's, I think that's the biggest unexpected consideration. Yeah. Mm. From, from what I've experienced seeing you yeah. <laughs> the next day, because you're, you're used to, we've been hiking for so long now that you wouldn't think like a mile or two would be too much. But even just going in my grandmother's backyard and and walking like a, a you know half a mile has some kind of has sometimes affected you pretty heavily the next day. And also, this varies pregnancy to pregnancy. Yeah. So with with Flutterby, my youngest, or um, I was on bed rest the last month and a half, uh, so I would not be doing any hiking, mm-hmm. unfortunately. For this one, I've my goal was I'm going to keep moving until I can't move anymore because I expected to already be on bed rest at this point, but I feel great overall. Uh, but yeah, I get tired really quick. I'm lucky that I work from home. So when we do these hikes and I'm a little bit incapacitated the next day, as long as I can get from my bed to my desk, I am fine. Uh, you can still do cartwheels, right? <laughs> yeah, let's try. I mean, I could. Do I want to? No. Uh, and that's about listening to your body and yourself. <laughs> I bet you we could get a lot of likes on our social media. <laughs> um, I'll say this. Uh, hiking with Chris and Chelsea, we've done some group hikes. and we just. Um, but I think it's important to check in and kind of know. So if you're, if you're hiking with someone that's pregnant, um, to check in with them, you know, constantly to, to, you know, see how they're doing and also pay attention to their body language as well. Some people, luckily, Chelsea is very upfront, very vocal <laughs> about how she's doing. And usually it's good or usually it's, uh, you know, she'll say a good, but I think today on our hike, I was like, I can do this one more time and that's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's, she's like, yeah, this is. And that wasn't hiking. It was, we were going up and down a dock 
uh, getting some pictures and I was like, all right, you get one more, one more pass of me going down the dock and I'm done. I'm done with that for the day. <laughs> so yeah, she was pretty upfront and that's good with other folks that may not be as vocal, pay attention to, you know, how they're doing their body language there. You know, if there's a decline in, in performance or something as they're, as they're hiking or whatever activity is, you see any of that, you want to go ahead and pull the plug and say, all right, let's, let's get you back. You know, Without even necessarily asking, like yeah. don't, don't, also, don't push them. And also and, don't um assume it, yeah. like because some people they you you never know what someone's going on in someone's head and they might look a certain way and if they say they're fine and uh, i mean if you know them better and know that they say they're fine and they're not fine that's a different story mm-hmm. but um typically try to listen to what they're saying because someone might be like no i'm fine i'm just a little grumpy right now uh or because <laughs> i do i do tend to get a little grumpy guys just so you know i sound chipper on here but i'm a little more moody than chris is uh, <laughs> most of the time you do push yourself a little further than you should sometimes i know see this is what i talk about don't listen to people like that debbie downers <laughs> <laughs> No, like, and, and the, anytime, uh, as a pregnant person, know that when people are telling you these things, it comes from a place of love and compassion. And my mom would always be like, you know, you can't be doing this right now. You need to chill out. And it, it is coming from a place of love and compassion and concern for me. Uh, and so we're still out there hiking, but I'm very careful now, uh, later on, uh, into what I pick, what I choose to do. So we're in central Florida, uh, um, by the Charles Bronson and the econ state forest. A lot of those trails and a lot of the trails in our area are not far from, um, p- pretty, not major roads, but, but well trafficked roads. So if something were to happen on the trail, I could go off trail and get to a road pretty quickly. I always have someone with me there. Everyone, or there's always people who know where I am. Uh, this late in a pregnancy, you definitely wouldn't want to be in the middle of nowhere. No, no, not at all. So when we were at Toria, um, an interesting thing happened, um, and it had happened to me once before, um, or actually a couple times before, that is hormone-related, is I get a, um, what are they called? It was Optical definitely, migraines is It was what definitely from similar a hormonal thing. Yeah, so I got it before because after my loss, I had to go on birth control. Uh, and we were actually at Silver Springs State Park when it happened to me before. But this time, uh, we were at the Gregory House um, at Toria. And I was looking at the ground and I was like, man, my eyes are all weird. Uh, it, it's like a flash. Like mm-hmm. I looked at the sun too long. Yeah. I was like, I got to wait for my eyes to like settle back down because obviously I looked at this. And then I was like, well, I didn't look at the sun. So why are my eyes like this? And I finally clicked, I'm getting an optical migraine. Uh, and what that is, is like, a slice of your vision. If you look in a search engine, it'll it'll kind yeah. of show you what it looks like. I have no idea. If, if I've I never explain, had one. I'm going to explain it, and it will make no sense if you Google it. That's exactly what it looks like. It's like a chunk of your vision is replaced with rainbows, <laughs> which doesn't sound that bad, but you can't see where those rainbows are. That you close your eyes, and they're still there. So I thought, oh, well, I'll close the eye it's happening in, and then I won't be able to see it anymore. But it's really weird, <laughs> and you can't see it. Luckily, when that happened to me, and I'm staring at the ground trying to figure out what's going on, I also realized there's a copperhead right there. <laughs> so had that not happened, maybe I would have stepped on the copperhead. That would have been a bad day. Uh, someone else in our group did step on a copperhead shortly after that, but uh, the copperhead just ran away. We stepped uh, right over it. 
Yeah. Patrick danced on it a little bit. Yeah. I do not understand. <laughs> the Copperhead didn't like it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, so it was a rather mundane. I mean, the, the hike was very interesting. It was great. There was history. There was a lot of territory, but it was demanding terrain, meaning that it was, it was wet, very wet. The ground was a little bit muddy. The trails were narrow and there was a lot of elevation changes. So you're going up hills, up and down hills. And then all of a sudden we're, we're all around these copperheads. Chelsea can't see, you know, and then we're trying to mitigate all this at, at once. We were doing the cha-cha, so yeah. basically Chelsea put her hands on my shoulder so for these, that, that short bit, and optical, I just kind of let her. Yeah, these optical migraines tend to, they don't come with a headache, which is nice. I prefer optical migraines to regular migraines any day of the week, and they last about 30 minutes, and then it's done. But it do, it's pretty incapacitating for the 30 minutes that it's it's going on. If I was by myself, I would have had to just sit down mm-hmm. and wait. Uh, but Chris, we were all in a group. I just, like I said, we were doing the cha-cha. I uh, grabbed Chris's waist or his backpack, and he led the way. But because I couldn't see, <laughs> I did not see that second copperhead. Chris was uh, preoccupied with leading me, and then Patrick behind us uh, was had the pleasure of stepping on him. Yes. It, you guys are taking such small steps. You weren't moving that that fast. So how you stepped over the copperhead and then the maybe third, I stepped on him. We I don't did. know. <laughs> no, I don't know. He, he the both of us probably stepped on him and then and then Patrick and that thing was so complacent. Even when Patrick was standing, I was like, could you not? <laughs> I saw it just kind of laying there, and I saw Patrick's foot hit it. And it's, when Patrick stepped on it, it immediately looked alarmed. Whatever it was, it was a mystery. But after that point, you know, I, I was able to stop Dave in front of me. Patrick, it was too late. The thing takes off. We'd seen two copperheads within a couple minutes of each other. Chelsea can't see. So instead of like admiring the landscape, we're all like in this. <laughs> it's kind of a cluster. Survival <laughs> mode. Is Chelsea okay? Luckily. Look for snakes, you know. Luckily, very shortly after that, all was well. My vision cleared up. And that's how it's I've happened to me every time I've had one. Like I said, when I had it before, it was at the first time with Salt Springs. And I was like crying because I thought I had eye cancer or something. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. But it came Silver back. Silver Springs. Or, yeah, Silver Springs. We went sorry. to, it wasn't the Springs Fest, but it was something like that. We went to some event. It was a, it was a junior ranger program. That they had going on there. And we and were the camping there. the kids were with me. And they're all like, what's wrong with mom? And I'm like crying because I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't see. But then it like all of a sudden resolved itself. Super weird. I talked to my doctor and they're like, oh, it's from your birth control. It's a hormonal thing. Completely normal. Um, so uh, I, and I hadn't, I had a few cases of that during that time period. Um, I had, I worked on a construction site at the time. One of the funnest time was when I had it on the eighth floor of a building in construction and I was by myself. Whoa. Yeah. So I, when that happened to me, I just sat down and, uh, waited and it went away. Uh, but then it hadn't happened again really since, uh, since then it's been a few years and it happened again at Toria. So again, it's like a weird hormonal thing. Uh, that happens. Um, since then, I've also found out my brother gets them. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of other people who get them too. And I had never heard of them in my entire life. Wow. So super strange. Google well, it. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I did look it up and it, it looks kind of trippy. You know? <laughs> like a kaleidoscope. And I don't know. Was that how it was? Like the kaleidoscope? Yeah. It's like this weird kaleidoscope chunk of your vision that causes you not to see anything else or that weird rainbowy 
hallucinogenic kaleidoscope oh, man, <laughs> magic mushroom experiences. <laughs> if that just happened like a, like an hour later while we're by the campfire, you know, <laughs> say, like, leave me alone, everybody. I'm, I'm chilling. This. <laughs> it, it was a happy ending afterwards. We, we got back to the campsite. We had what, steak and potatoes night? Or yeah. Steak and oh, potatoes yeah. and chicken. You know, and it was a little bit cold and we had a nice, good campfire going. So it ended well and it was it was a great event. Just I was really impressed with her performance uh, throughout the whole whole thing. And she made everybody peanut butter and jellies, which were great. <laughs> I lucked out because I found one that got to the bottom of my bag. and was kind of smashed a little bit, you know. And it, it was it, marinated. Yes. Where, you know, the, the, the peanut butter and jelly got all the way through the bread. And I'm like, oh, man, jackpot. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was like, I remember that at the end of the hike that day, you're like, I'm having one of these before dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were really good. Um, So we're getting close to time. Do we have any last points on this one? Because this has been a very interesting subject. I think the burning question here is how many trail walker miles does Tori have? Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> and, and is that... Well, you know, not a lot of my trails have qualified for a Florida State Forest Trail Walker program. But some of them Most have of been. been. Yeah, some State of them Forest. Have. So, so can we start? So, so I guess we need to contact the the Florida State Forest the ranger Service. we spoke to. We need to ask her if Does I that, can if I can go ahead and start counting his miles now. Can we start his trail warrior log or his trail walker log? <laughs> he, he's probably a trail walker. I by think now. he'd be considered a trail trotter. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's I guess, hitching he, I a guess ride. he sort of assisted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So just to clarify, uh, Tori is is Chris and Chelsea's son that's going to be with us officially in a, I guess in a few a, weeks. Yes. And the uh, <laughs> we already have the backpack to carry him. Yeah. It is a sweet. That's a sweet setup. <laughs> but the, yeah, the trail. Uh, if you've heard our other podcast, the trail. Uh, walker programs when you hike Florida State Forest on designated trails. The trail trotters when you ride them equestrian. I think. Qualifies. <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite a horse. Yeah. But. So yeah, that doesn't. That's not quite right either. He is hitching a ride. <laughs> it's a great way to get some freebies. I know that I've I've hiked you know, probably a dozen or so miles with the young man already. So or more than that. Yeah, we we did Torian and a few others. So. Man, what was it, Tori? We did. Um, uh, oh, by Jim- the way, the namesake, Tori, Toria. Yes. Just to point that out in case anyone was wondering. <laughs> and we recently found out, actually, um, Sandra had brought some books over to us. Of um, is it Charles? Charles Tori Simpson. Simpson. So you guys know we're plant nerds, and if you've ever heard of the Simpson Stopper, which is a pretty well-known Florida plant. Uh, Tori's going to share a middle name, a uh, first name with him. <laughs> and what a fantastic gift. Like, so we found out and then, and then we, we never even really knew about this guy. Yeah. We knew about Simpson stoppers, but she, she hands a book or a stack of these four books that are like a hundred years old and have it, the, the Tori namesake. Yes. Yeah, so so we didn't even know much, about that. Miss friend. That was very nice. Cause I was like, wow, these are amazing books. I'm going to see if I can find them on eBay. Well, it's going to cost me out a month's worth of overtime. To get that. <laughs> so, they're they're pretty sweet, sweet uh, old Florida books that talk about old Florida. So, and I love history because it tells us a lot of times in conservation, especially in Florida, you to know where you're at. You got to look at how things were 175, 50 years ago, and that tells you exactly where we're headed if we don't fix things. And those books, I think, were just an excellent opportunity to do just that. 
He was absolutely a conservationist, too. As soon as, soon as I started looking through the books, he's talking about the Caloosahatchee River and seeing it just being decimated by these trees being dumped in it and, and the dredging. He lived in South Florida, so he got to see all of that. What year was that one? Do you have any idea? Was that the one in the 1920s? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them were written in the 1920s. Uh, so conservation was an issue 100 years ago in Florida. And it still is today. Much more so. Well, I know we are digressing on this very important episode. Uh, we- Wait, we're not going to talk about Edward O. Wilson? Tori's <laughs> middle name? <laughs> He had we'll a thing a or two to say. Episode on conservation-minded baby names or pet names, if that's if you prefer fur, uh, fur babies. <laughs> and I thought this was a niche episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being our special guest today, Chelsea, and uh, discussing this uh, very important subject. And uh, thank you for joining us, everyone. And as always, enjoy Florida responsibly. Thank you for listening to the Florida Madcaps. We hope today's episode was enjoyable. Your input is important to us. If there is a topic that you would like to know more about, please let us know. The Florida Madcaps is presented in partnership with the Florida Springs Council, the only nonprofit advocacy organization focused solely on protecting our Florida Springs. Get a free spring sticker and join the Florida Springs Council at floridaspringscouncil.org madcaps. As a token of our appreciation, We are giving away a free Madcap sticker to anyone who leaves us a review. All you have to do is send us your contact information to the email provided in our show notes. We will take care of the rest. Thank you for being a part of the Florida Madcaps community.